Welcome to the 80s, 90s, Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that crap. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I recently went and saw the play, the musical Back to the Future, and oh. really liked it. It was really well done. They did make changes from the movie and that kind of stuff. And I don't normally even really like musicals, but they did the thing with they actually had the car fly at the end and just uh, the effects were just fantastic and highly recommend it, which means let's do a Back to the Future episode. Does they have a Back to the Future musical? Yeah. It's like a really Broadway good. kind of thing. Yep. Broadway musical. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, uh, uh, here in London, in the West End. London, yeah. And uh, we, yeah, we went and saw it and it was a lot of fun that, you know, music, the just show as a whole it, and from a special effects standpoint, just the way they did a lot of the set change. Cause you know, that play hap- or the film happens in a lot of locations and a lot of stuff happens. It's yeah. science fiction. So the way that they were able to, able to introduce all of that into the stage play was really good. Well, you know, you got somewhere if your movie turns into like a Broadway or London musical, like, you know, you got somewhere, right? Because they don't make these kind of plays out of just, you know, sort of okay movies. You got to be like on point. And this movie was totally on point. And I believe Bob Gale, who was one of the producers and writers of the Back to the Future movies, I, I believe he was actually involved in the musical as well. Like in oh, some wow. aspect, I don't like writing it or something like that. So I think that helped that it was awesome. Well, speaking of Bob Gale, I think, so he got this, the idea for this movie. For those of you, I'm, I'm assuming people have seen this movie. Like we don't have to really introduce it or any yeah, of that. I just skip that. I mean, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, just go jump off a cliff. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, you're like, I don't know where you've been, but yeah, um, Gail, I guess he was looking at a, his father's old yearbook and he's like, hmm, like, what if I could be friends with my dad, like during his teenage years? Like, what if we were together? Sometimes my son even asked me that. I was like, dad, what, what would, what if I were like, like in, you know, the, the, early nineties with you and we were the same age and hanging out. How would that be? It's kind of an interesting concept, right? Cause now I'm kind of just kind of old and beat down and, 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 but when I was younger, I was vibrant and <laughs> optimistic and stuff, you know, <laughs> You're like I'm going to change the world. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so he got, he got the idea of uh, Bob Gale was like, Hmm, what would have it had been like? And, and so, so kind of that's where the spark of this whole thing was born, which I, I thought was pretty interesting, like where, where these kind of movies come from. Yeah. It's an interesting story of the making of the film too, because they shopped that script around and nobody wanted it. And I yeah. believe it wasn't until Steven Spielberg put his name behind it, that it finally started to get made it was going to get made which i mean talk about like the studios that passed on this right this ah no ah no that's not going to make any now watch back to the uh, nothing and it ended up being the top grossing film of 1985 spawned two sequels a musical a cartoon and it's it's an iconic timeless film it is yeah and it's interesting yeah it was rejected like over 40 times because all of these studios wanted something more raunchy, like a Porky's kind of thing, right? They wanted the 80s was kind of like the comedy was kind of raunchy. They liked that kind of Porky style 
Revenge of the Nerds. Like it's got to have a little bit of titties in there, something like that. And they thought this was too wholesome. So then they went to Disney and Disney's like, no, this is too raunchy. <laughs> and they're like, what? They're like, yeah, the, 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 the guy's mom totally digs him. And, and the guy's mom wants to get it on with him. And that's incestuous. And like, we're Disney and that scares us. <laughs> we can't have that. It's like, man, we can't catch a break with this screenplay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's so much history around this film that I don't know how much of it we should go into or whatnot. I think a lot of people know the story about Michael J. Fox getting cast after Eric Stoltz was initially the, to play that they really wanted Michael J. Fox for it, but his family ties commitment conflicted with it. Eric Stoltz started in the role just wasn't working. They shot for quite a few weeks, I think six weeks, but I could be wrong on that. And finally, they're like, it's not working. We got to make the Michael J. Fox thing work. And, and he basically would shoot this at night and shoot family ties yeah. during the day. I mean, exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting, but it it's worth it. Cause I think this probably uh, shot Michael J. Fox, like into the mute movie world. Cause he was already a big TV star. But I think this probably shot him, shot his uh, movie career. Did did you ever see those Eric Stoltz's? Like, um, did you ever look look at those? No, um, I've seen like a couple of pictures and stuff. Like, I know that it's there's not a lot out there. Yeah, but I've seen some of the scenes, and I get it because he's he kind of a he kind of takes it seriously. Like, he was pretty dramatic. And, and it just didn't work. I see why they did. Like, they were like, dude, Eric, this isn't working because, hey, if you're in mask with share and it's a dramatic thing, I, that's you're great. But this is kind of light. This is kind of funny. So you need to kind of tone down the drama. But I don't know if he can. Like, that's just his style. Like, he's got to have a dramatic kind of thing. So if you if you ever watch some of the clips of him acting, it's like, oh, I see why it doesn't work. Totally. Yeah, that's the thing. And nothing against Eric Stoltz. I mean, he's a very talented actor. I mean, he's brilliant. But yeah, you got to fit the role. And and to do this as an intense, serious drama like in, that he wanted, yeah, it didn't, didn't work. I even uh, heard a story or read a story somewhere about Tom Wilson, who played Biff. There's the scene where they're in the cafe together and Eric's in there doing that little kind of fight sequence there. And Eric Stoltz, kept kind of getting really rough about it. And Tom yeah. was kind of like getting all pissed and like, dude, you know, like this is, you're taking this a bit too seriously. Yep. Yep. But this was also like Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis, this is kind of his first big film as well. Cause well, it, it's his first kind of, it, 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 it got him into like the big time director category. Cause he, he worked on, he did used cars, right. Mm -hmm. Which and then, is, but, yeah. Big film. Yeah. Yeah, but then he still wasn't like like the big time director yet. And then Spielberg, because he's his friend, told him, "Hey, you should like just take a take a like a work for hire kind of thing, so you can get like more something under your belt because you we need you need a more successful movie than this." Did he cars. do Romancing the Stone before this or after this? I think he did it before this. Oh, because that was huge. Yeah, that was big, and that's why he could kind of have a little clout behind Back to the Future is because he, he made Romancing the Stone, which okay. was a huge – it was a big hit, right? I think without that, this might not have got made either. 
Like this movie was almost not made. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy to think of all the hoops that they had to jump through and uh, how the script changed over time. I, 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 if I remember correctly, watching some documentary, it wasn't originally supposed to be a car for the time machine. It was supposed to be like a refrigerator or something like that. And like, but they were you know, afraid kids are going to like go into the fridges and freezers <laughs> and be like, I'm going to go on a time machine. And then they have a bunch of like frozen kids dead kids. <laughs> They Not don't want they, like, yeah, DeLorean's better. <laughs> Much cooler. <laughs> Do you know the uh, other title they were going to try to change it to? Yes. Uh, something Space from Space. Man from Pluto. Spaceman from Pluto. That One of the producers wanted it. And Spielberg sent him a letter basically saying, oh, that was a really funny joke. Your memo up with was that hilarious. <laughs> yeah, super we, hilarious. We really got a kick out of it there, buddy. And so he's too <laughs> embarrassed to pursue it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to admit that he uh, did that. And of course, Christopher Lloyd, brilliant in this as well oh, yeah. as his kind of wacky doctor thing. And I guess originally, like he didn't necessarily want to do it. And I think it was his wife or something that actually said, no, yeah, you should really do this film. Yeah, that's a good call. Because who who's better at playing the wacky scientist kind of guy than Christopher Lloyd, man? It's just like, he's so perfect. <laughs> he's so good. It's that wacky doctor, time machine doctor, dude. He's so good. Yeah. No, I can't see anybody else playing him. Absolutely playing Doc, not. Doc Brown than him. Uh, I was recently watching an interview or listening to an interview with Michael J. Fox, and he was talking about this film, and he was at home. And he went down and, you know, was uh, with his family and went down, I think, into the like, TV room or whatever. And it was on and he sat down and watched it because he's like, oh, I you know, barely remember this film. Haven't really watched it too much. Right. And he's watching. And he's like, I'm actually really good in this film. Like, this yeah. is actually a pretty decent acting. <laughs> and this family's like, they come down and they're like, dude, where'd you go? And he's like, I'm actually pretty good in this film. And he was talking about it because, of course, when he was making it, he was just so into the jumping around and making of the films. And then he just got really busy with stuff after that and and then in his life and stuff. And he's hasn't really had a lot of time to just kind of sit down and since then to, yeah. and it's been a lot of years to watch the film and enjoy it for what it is. So it's kind of cool that he's sitting down and being like, cause from an acting point of view, often you're watching your own stuff and you're like, Oh my God, this is so awful. I can't watch this. This is so terrible. Yeah, you're nitpicking yourself. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that he's, you know, yeah. many years later. Well, there's nothing to nitpick because he's just perfect man this is kind of one of those perfect movies mm-hmm. and even has like some good music in there like i think we're both huey lewis and the news fans right absolutely yeah and it had Great kind songs. of that huey lewis um um soundtrack in there with the with the power of love song and i don't know to me this just like this is those the type of movie you can just watch again and again and again and just it never gets old I totally agree. I will. I have watched this film numerous times. I will still, I'm sure, watch this film numerous more times. It's funny you mentioned that Huey Lewis song because he was originally asked to do music for Ghostbusters and then said no because uh, he didn't want to do music for movies. And mm. then when Ray Parker did his Ghostbusters song and it became this huge hit, he learned his lesson. So when they asked him to do this, he's like, hell yeah, okay. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> certainly do it. will. I'll even do a cameo. You want me to do a cameo? Absolutely. Huey Lewis, let's put you in the film. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. He learned his lesson, right? And they're great songs. Like I'm a fan of both of those songs. Again, I will still listen to, I, cause I think he did two songs for this. So my, if I remember correctly, uh, power love and, uh, back in time actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh yeah good stuff like great great soundtrack great thing so you know the the kind of the controversy of this though is that this the plot hole of how is it that they don't remember him as as kids right and it's like well wait a minute if this guy that you knew in high school and now it looks just like your son and now you're full grown adults and your son looks like him why don't you why don't you remember that why don't you mention it and bob zemeckis was talking about this or was it um i think it was bob gale actually and he said, he's like, think about this, right? So you're in your forties and you're thinking back to being 17 years old, mm-hmm. one week of your high school career. So think back to some random kid that you might've known for a few days yeah. in high school and what that person looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and really, are you really going to remember that person? Like I, even if I were going through like a yearbook or something, I'd still probably have a hard time remembering people, but I, I couldn't picture people that I went to high school with. Yeah. I'm, and I, yeah, I moved around I a lot too. So I went to three different high schools, four, actually four different high schools. So if I'm thinking one person from one week of one of those schools, like I, I can't even remember most of the people that I actually went with and liked. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Totally. Like, I don't think I would remember that. So they get a pass for sure. Yeah. I don't think it's a plot hole. I think it's legit. I agree. Although I don't give them a pass on the plot hole for the third film, the Western. (laughs) No, we're not talking about that one though. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different episode. (laughs) That's a whole different animal. I I really like the DeLorean too. Like that car was actually kind of on its way out when this was made. Yeah. Um, and maybe nobody would have known the DeLorean or what the DeLorean was without this movie. And I, I like it. And and we, in here in our state, Washington State, we have like the biggest DeLorean collectors club in the world. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Because we're like mega geeks here, right? And they do parades and stuff like every year here in Issaquah Salmon Days, we have a parade and you'll see like at least some of them have like the DeLoreans will come out and they'll even have their flux capacitors. There's one with a DeLorean trailer in the back where like the front half of a DeLorean was made into a trailer and and they'll just show off their DeLoreans, right? And they all have flux capacitors and the... the, the <laughs> Of they course. do, and it's fun, dude. Every year, my son and I go down, and they let us sit in the in the in the DeLoreans, and we get with the flux capacitors, and we just get to dream of what it's like to be like Marty McFly in the DeLorean, going back to the to the well. Shoot, <laughs> I guess we go back to something like 1985 today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we'd be going back in time to 1985. Because <laughs> it was 85 and he went back to 55. That's 30 years, right? Yeah, so actually right. we'd be going back to 19, what, 1992? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> if I'm going back to, yeah, when I was in, uh, you know, 17, like, that's funny. If I go back to 85, I'm a little kid. I'm not even a teenager yet in 85. No, but that's 30 years in the past. So 30 years in the past now would be 92. So we kind of, I think we would be teenagers. 90, yeah, point. I was a teenager in 92. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we could just like dream, but that makes me feel old as shit, man. That's, that's jacked up. Damn you. Back to the future for making you feel old. <laughs> yeah. Because 
I guess in the eighties, the fifties were the good old days. And now the fifties are like the ancient times, man. Like <laughs> there's still anybody around who are alive in the fifties, like the way back when in the long, long time ago. Yeah. 1985 is like the fifties now. Thanks for aging me too there, Jamie. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go drink myself to sleep, but I think we should mention a couple of the other people in this film though, because uh, besides Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, you had Crispin Glover, who is the weirdest dude on the planet playing, <laughs> continuing to play a weird dude <laughs> as George McFly. Perfect thrill. <laughs> and, and I should say the guy that played George McFly in the musical was brilliant as well that I saw. He was so fun. Uh, Cause he just did an exaggerated Crispin Glover, George McFly character. Tom Wilson is Biff. And then of course, you have the um, absolutely lovely uh, Leah Thompson mm -hmm. as the mom slash girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. The love interest slash mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lorraine. So uh, yeah, she Leah Thompson. Yeah, was fantastic in this as well. If Leah Thompson wants to hang out at the wine bar, um, just saying, like we can talk about Back to the Future. She probably doesn't want to, but. We'll talk about whatever you want, Leah. Like whichever film you want to talk about, Leah Thompson. Or if you don't want to talk about films, just have mm -hmm. a glass of wine and talk about how boring Issaquah is. <laughs> like, what the heck are you doing there? How has your career fallen if you're hanging out with Jamie and Corinne Issaquah? <laughs> She's like, I used to be a star. And now, I'm... now I'm with Jamie and Issaquah. What the hell? What, the hell <laughs> what happened? happened to me? Yeah, she's too busy to hang out with a schlub like me at the wine bar. Mm -hmm. But hey, it's still there. That invitation's wide open. Yes. One other thing, Thomas Wilson. I I really liked him as Biff. Like he's just so good. And he, but he like kind of found some fame in that. And he he had so many people asking him questions all the time about the movie, right? Just all the time. And he he kind of got tired. Like, damn. Like everybody I ever meet just asking me all these questions. So so he actually had a Q, like a Q and A card made. It, he had a stack of them like in his wallet and he would just hand people like most frequently asked questions of the guy who played Biff Dan. And here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs> question you're going to ask about this character. Yep. Uh, I would absolutely do that. And in fact, I've done something similar here because when I was in Ireland, not here, because people would always ask me the same questions. Like, how do you oh. like it? How do you like the weather? What do you miss about living in the US? You know, that kind of stuff. Like, it was always the same set of questions. And, and it's like, stop asking. Here's, your, here's a card. Here's a card. FAQ, expat in Ireland, FAQ. Yep. I can understand Tom's dilemma. Yep. Well, should we wrap it up there then? I guess so. I mean, All there's right. not much so else we're to gonna... say because, you know, this is just like, a, a really awesome movie there's nothing there's this just you you can you can always just come back to this movie and just like love it and appreciate it you know you can watch it as an adult you can watch it as a kid you can yeah. watch it over and over again if you have not seen it again there's clearly something wrong with you and you need to go watch it right <laughs> now because if you don't i will continue to make my statement about there being something wrong with you yeah and you have to like it too, because if you watch it, you're like, I don't really like it. Then there's something wrong with you too. Mm, there's um, already something wrong with you if you haven't seen it. But and then, then we're you, adding to that. If you watch it and you're like, I don't see what all the hype's about. Why do people love this film? <laughs> yeah, you can go to hell. <laughs> yeah, you're done. You're done. <laughs> Humanity has rejected you. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, uh, folks, we are going to say if you want to check us out on Twitter, it's the 80s and 90s com. If you want to check us out on the web, it's the 80s and 90s dot com. Check out some of our uh, gear, buy yourself some sweet t shirts or some other swag. Check us out on the uh, YouTube at the 80s and 90s Overlooked, where we're doing some pretty awesome Overlooked movie reviews. And we are out of here like a DeLorean as it hits 88 miles per hour. No, just kidding. We all know a DeLorean can't actually hit 88 miles per hour because, well, they were pieces of junk. So, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> they weren't that good. Yeah, they weren't that good. No. Bad engines. Bad engines. They were made in Ireland, I think. Uh, did you know that? Really? Scotland. Ireland or Scotland. I think it was Ireland. Yeah. They had a cool design, though. They look cool. They're, um, I don't know if it's just kind of a prototype that somebody did or somebody's actually going to try to revive the DeLorean brand as an electric car. Mm. And it looks pretty cool. I saw a picture of it and I kind of hope they do it because it looks pretty badass. That's rad. Mm. I get one. I would too. An electric DeLorean that's reliable. Yeah, that's reliable.